Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, July 31st, 2018, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Mercury is retrograde now until August the 19th, and if you'd like more info about that, you can look on our site or many other sites. It's all over the Internet, but you want to take a look at that if you have never learned about Mercury retrograde. So tonight, we're pleased to welcome Peggy Black back to our show. She's a transducer, a scribe and witness, author and lecturer with over 40 years experience in the healing field. Peggy is a multidimensional channel whose gifts as a clairsentient, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive allow her to assist individuals to live empowered, abundant lives. Peggy receives transmissions from her celestial team, which she calls the morning messages. And these free messages invite others to honor their multidimensional self. There are over 40,000 global subscribers who have received these free messages. She hosts a monthly support group, Miracles and Intentions. Peggy offers classes and webinars on allowing prosperity, sculpting reality with sound, power of your words and intentions, engaging celestial support, becoming a conscious alchemist, and alchemist tools. As a spiritual synergist, she conducts ceremonies of transformation worldwide. Arabia, England, Ireland, Egypt, Japan, and St. Lucia are a few of the sacred sites where ceremonies have been performed using the power of sound and the holiness of water. Peggy presented at the uh, Women of Vision, Healing Our World, World Sound Healing, World Congress of Illumination with Patricia Cota Robles. Also, she was ceremonialist for the Sacred Water Ceremony on the Ocean of Gratitude Cruise with Dr. Masaru Emoto. And you can check out her websites. Uh, One is PeggyBlack.com and the other one is MorningMessages.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. And you can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you can get our weekly show notices if you have those notifications enabled. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And for those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, or spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference for you. 
And if you have a birthday coming up, you better not miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it two or three months ahead of time because we do have a waiting list. So uh, first off this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her fascinating Starseed News. Yay! Hey, Anastasia. (laughs) Hello, Ariel. Good evening, everyone. Great to be with you. We are in a deepening solar minimum. Excuse me, the sun has been without sunspots for 33 of the past 34 days. Solar minimum has returned, bringing extra cosmic rays, long-lasting holes in the sun's atmosphere, and strangely pink auroras. That would be pretty to see that. And the latest news from Shasta County, California, the Redding, California car fire, updated as of yesterday. The car fire is now burning over 103,000 acres and is 23% contained, thank goodness, not nearly enough. Six people have died in that fire, two firefighters, four civilians. 818 homes have been destroyed, 167 have been damaged, and over 4,000 houses remained threatened. Terrible situation. And the worst red tide in more than a decade is killing sea life along the Florida coast. Unprecedented numbers of sea turtles have been collected across Florida's Lee and Collier counties over this past week, and hundreds are thought to have died as the worst red tide algae bloom event since 2006 is plaguing the southwest Florida seas. They have documented 287 sea turtle deaths in the Gulf of Mexico waters along the southwest Florida coast since this bloom started late last year and double the average of turtle deaths in those waters that occur every other year, in a different year, double. And an emergency was declared in El Salvador to ensure that the people have enough food supply because of a severe drought. On Tuesday, today, El Salvador began taking emergency measures in a drought that's plagued that country for a month. It's cost tens of thousands of farmers their food crops. The Central American country has gone 33 days without rain, and temperatures have hit a record of 107.6 Fahrenheit, leaving many families without water and the government greatly concerned about the provision of food in the months to come. Boy, that makes you shudder. It's really awful. Well, there is a really strange thing happening in the Baltic Sea. Now, algae blooms in this part of the ocean, this part of the world, the oceans of the world, are not uncommon. And some of them this time of year are very, very large, even larger than the one I'm going to tell you about. Um, But NASA has found this incredible image of what has got the scientists scratching their heads is this gigantic whirlpool of algae in the Baltic Sea. This growth of algae, the way it is disseminated across the water and through the water, is in a spiral, an enormous whirlpool formation. This swirling bloom is at least 15 miles across, which means, in fact, that New York City's Manhattan Island could fit inside of it with a little room to spare. But what has everybody puzzled is this strange pattern. It's very mysterious. No one knows why. Never saw it before. Algae is normally distributed across the water in a flat pattern, random, just a flat pattern. The whirlpool is very odd, very odd indeed, especially 
15 miles across. Wow. And way up north, an Arctic lake has mysteriously disappeared. An entire lake has disappeared on the archipelago of Noyavaya Zemla in the Arctic Ocean in northern Russia. Researchers have reported on this. They're working on the project called the Open Ocean. This expedition, expedition was sent to this remote area in an attempt to survey a lake called Yusacheva. And in the process, they stumbled upon what was used to be the lake and is now an empty reservoir with its bottom scarred by cracks and fissures completely dried out. This lake has completely disappeared up in Arctic Russia, cold, snowy, uh, icy. The lake is gone, completely gone during this month of July. No one knows why. And at least 14 people were killed by a shallow earthquake in Indonesia. It was a 6.4 on the Indonesian tourist island of Lombok that killed these people, injured more than 160, and damaged thousands of houses. More than 120 aftershocks have been recorded, the biggest of those with a magnitude of 5.7. Well, take this for what it's worth. This comes from a somewhat iffy website, but this is what it says. The Great Pyramid is a con concentrator of electromagnetic energy. Now, that probably shouldn't be of any surprise to Starseed, but this is according to a scientific study done by a team of German and Russian physicists who've been studying the, studying the properties of the Great Pyramid, also known as the Khufu Pyramid. They have found that it can concentrate electromagnetic energy inside its hidden chambers and focus the electromagnetic waves into the substrate regions. And this is according to a study published in the latest issue of the Journal of Applied Physics. Now, the researchers were examining radio waves within the 656 to 1968 feet range, the wavelength that many amateur radio stations work on. So they created a computer model of the Great Pyramid, and the scientists bombarded it with radio waves to see how they would interact with the pyramid as a whole and with its independent elements. These calculations show that the pyramid interacts with these amateur radio waves, accumulating their energy inside the king's chamber and redirecting it to the substrate region where the third chamber is located. In other words, it resonates down to lower chambers. And according to the authors, this great pyramid and the smaller pyramids on that Giza plateau can interact even more strongly with other types of waves. And they also predict that the secrets of its structure can be used to create nanoparticles that focus light not radio waves, which will help in creating light computers and other gadgets of the future. Hmm, mysterious. Yeah. Well, here's a social story for you. Welcome back to everyday life. <clears throat> Air marshals are following thousands of random Americans through airports and on airplanes for no definable purpose. Federal air marshals are furious that they have been tasked to follow thousands of Americans who are not on any watch list and not suspected of any crime. They shadow these people who are selected for surveillance on the basis of flimsy criteria like once having visited Turkey. 
and they send minute-by-minute updates to the TSA, noting whether their targets are sleeping, using more than one phone, waiting until the last minute to board their planes, observing boarding areas from a distance, and other innocuous behaviors. The program, called Quiet Skies, is a secret, and it was detailed in an explosive Boston Globe report. Who obtained the reporter who obtained a trove of air marshal text messages in which the officers complained to one another about the fool's errand they're on, question its legality, and complain that Congress uh, is wasteful and creepy. Among the thousands of Americans who've been targeted by quiet skies are flight attendants and law enforcement officers. Now, Quiet Skies began in March, and air marshals have repeatedly questioned the program's usefulness and legality with their superiors, only to be rebuffed. The head of the air marshal service condemned Quiet Skies, saying, quote, The American public would be better served if these air marshals were instead assigned to airport screening and check-in areas so that active shooter events can be swiftly ended and violations of federal crimes can be properly and consistently addressed, end quote. Well, this program relies on 15 rules to screen passengers, according to an agency bulletin, and the criteria are quite broad. Rules may target people whose travel patterns or behaviors match those of known or suspected terrorists or people that might be affiliated with someone on a watch list, but it targets many other kinds of people, uh, everybody. The list has things that everybody does on it. This full list of criteria was unavailable. It is a mystery even to the air marshals who field the surveillance requests. TSA has declined to comment, of course. When someone on the quiet skies list is selected for surveillance, a team of air marshals is placed on the person's next flight. Now, Does that cost taxpayer money, I ask you? The team receives a file containing a photo and basic information, such as their date and place of birth, information about the target, and they track them all the way through their flight, what they do, whether or not they are looking into a plate glass window to see if maybe they're being surveilled, if they scratch their noses, perhaps, if they're perspiring, if they're... (laughs) if they go to the lavatory, so on and so forth. They're instructed to write these things down and to send this in, this information. Thousands and thousands of Americans are being tracked and watched as they fly through our skies and when they're on the ground for no discernible reason. Well, 5G cell phone towers signal renewed concerns over impact on health. Hoorah. Hoorah. This is out of Oakland, and I want to give my uh, head a nod to Sarah, Starseed Sarah, for all of her work in this area. Thank you, Sarah, again and again and again. California is actually beginning to pick up steam in their 5G opposition, thanks to people like Sarah, and she's had a great impact on this. So out of Oakland comes this story. Is a cell tower going up in your neighborhood? If not now, it may soon. Yes, indeed, it may soon. It will soon. Wireless carriers are installing millions of them across the country to enable the new, faster 5G 
cell phone technology. And while many are looking forward to faster cell service, as if that were important, many are also wondering if there are legitimate health concerns. Thank goodness. Now that question is keeping one of these men up at night, average citizen, just like us. Outside his bedroom window, he can see a new pole where Verizon will soon install a next-generation cell tower. He says, this would be a big tower generating lots of RF outside of our bedroom window 24 hours a day, seven days a week for many years, and our daughter is a cancer survivor, he said. Well, this man and his daughter took their health concerns to City Hall, but utterly to no avail. According to federal law, get this, the city can't simply consider health concerns. It's not allowed. You're not even supposed to talk about it at City Hall. Why? Because if the cities do consider health, the cell companies can sue them. Really? So, with few legal arguments to deny a tower, they're popping up outside of bedroom windows and school campuses, despite objections from across the country. One California politician in particular is doing his darndest to push 5G forward at all costs, as it does have something to do with money, and we know it's, well, come hell or high water, he's calling them safe, like praising the the robes on a naked emperor. That's no joke. But the International Association of Firefighters disagrees with his 5G is safe industrial political propaganda, and it began opposing cell towers on fire stations after firefighters complained of health problems. These firefighters are developing symptoms, said a doctor who conducted a pilot study on firefighters at a station with cell towers. He says, the symptoms included problems with memory, problems with intermittent confusion, problems with weakness. He also said that their brain scans suggest even low-level RF can cause cell damage, and he worries about more vulnerable groups like children, saying, we have found abnormal brain function in all of the firefighters we examined, end quote. Wow. So, following the lobbying by firefighters, the same assemblyman who is fast-tracking cell towers and who swears for their safety, had to exempt fire stations from the bill. Making them place one, make, making them uh, one place that cell companies cannot put a tower. Wow. The reporter doing this article asked the politician this: "Quote: This is the first piece of legislation that anyone is aware of where somebody got an exemption because they were concerned about health. Did they tell you at all about the study?" The politician's response was this. All I know is that when the firefighters ask, I do what they ask me to do, end quote. Now, when he was asked if it was because of firefighters' association or strong lobbyists, his response was, yes. No acknowledgement of the health study at all. Well, the moral of this story, health and safety for those who can afford to pay the political game. For all those pushing 5G... There are no morals. Here's a wonderful story, happy story. This is cool. There was a a chief executive officer who gave his own automobile to a young boy who set out on foot to fulfill a job that was 20 miles away. This kid's name is Walter Carr of Birmingham, Alabama. 
and he found himself in quite the predicament last week. You probably heard this story, I don't know. But his car broke down the night before he was supposed to start a job as a mover, you know, for a moving company. And his first gig was nearly 20 miles from his house. Well, he's a 20-year-old college student, and he wasn't about to let his broken-down car stop him. He decided that he would wake up at midnight and walk eight hours to work on Friday morning. Well, a couple of hours into his trek, he stopped in a bank parking lot to take a break because his legs hurt. And as he rested, a police car drove up. You can imagine he was in a bank parking lot at 2 in the morning. And the police officer asked the young boy if he was okay. Well, he said that he told the police officer what he was doing. And he said, I didn't want to defeat myself, so he decided he'd better tell the police what he was doing. Well, the officer took this young man to breakfast and paid for his meal. That's nice. He then drove him as far as possible, but had to drop him off at a church because of an upcoming shift change. And he told the young man another officer would be around soon to check on him and possibly give him a ride the rest of the way. But about 5.30 in the morning, the young man got nervous about being late, so he decided to start walking again. It was eventually that another officer caught up with him and drove him the last four miles to his job. When the two arrived, the officer told the homeowner, who was the one that the boy was going to help move. She said... The officer told me, I've got this nice kid in my car. He's a great kid. He's been walking all night to get to your house. This woman customer said, that's when the tears started coming. I just started crying. So she posted about the young man on Facebook. The post went viral. And the CEO of the company that the boy works for caught wind of what his new employee did. The company president drove from his home in Tennessee all the way to Alabama to meet with the boy telling him that he wanted to buy him a cup of coffee and thank him. But surprise, at the end of their meeting, the CEO surprised the young man with the keys to his barely driven 2014 Ford Escape. (laughs) I'm honestly blown away by him, the president of the company said. Everything he did that day is exactly who we are, heart and grit. So far, he's batting a thousand. The boy broke down when he was presented with his new car, but he did say, Don't let anybody tell you you can't do something, he said. It's up to us whether we can. Ah, that's wonderful. And our quote for next week, this coming week, up to next week, it's an unknown person, but very uh, wise words. Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone. Wow, yeah, it's so true. From my heart to each one of you, much love. Have a beautiful week, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Have a great night. Okay. Thank you, Aria. Okay. Thank you so much, Anastasia. Great stories tonight. We appreciate it. So um, now I am going to, um, let's see, get Lavendor's mic open. And Peggy, get your mic open. Okay, Lavendor, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Peggy, are you there? I'm here. Okay, ladies, take it away. Yeah, I know we had you on our show a few months back, but I felt like that you weren't through talking to us, so I've invited you to come back and share more stories. So I wanted to ask you at the very beginning to tell us a little bit about you as a child and growing up and how you became a channel. 
Well, thank you, first of all, for having me back. I love your program, and uh, it's been amazing. I got an email this morning from someone that had contacted me in 2006 and had lost contact with me. And when she saw your program and that I was on it, there was a link to how she could connect with me. And so that was just a real thrill to to be in touch with this this individual once again. Um, So again, thank you for what you do, and thank you for this incredible program and this opportunity. Well, you're welcome. So give us a little background on how you became the channel and the wonderful goddess that you are. Well, thank you so much. Well, first of all, I was raised in the pan... I I was born in the panhandle of Texas, um, and I was raised Pentecostal. And so a lot of my family, I had uh, a couple of aunts that were healers, hands-on healers. And, of course, there was a lot of individuals that would speak in tongues. And um, I remember as a child uh, questioning some of the adults uh, about somebody had done something and they were going to be punished. And I just simply said, I don't believe that God is, is mean. I just I don't think God does mean things. So I was always kind of precocious and challenged what was going on. And I also remember asking my mother at one time, what do I do when someone calls my name in my head? And she said, answer them. And so my connection with the non-physical realms was not invalidated. And so I was always aware there was a presence. And uh, my mother had the gift of um, of clairvoyance. She could see, unfortunately, tragic things. So she wasn't real happy with that gift because it was always came to her as the death of someone or an accident of some sort. And so that kind of a reality was always around me. And so I was well aware uh, that there was more to this physical reality than what appeared. And so my belief systems around that was a little bit more expanded. Um, I was an only child, so I had a lot of imagination. And I had a lot of imaginary friends, as many children do. Uh, But as an adult, um, I was very interested in energy healing, energy work. And so in the natural course of events, as after my family, I had three children, um, I began to uh, realize that if I held my hands on certain parts of their body, pain would disappear. And so there was just a common a common thread that was running through, although I was very physical. You know how you, if you have small children, you're pretty focused in the mundane and the everyday experiences. But I started reading a, some books by uh, how to, the training of a Dalai Lama, which was very impactful for me. And I remember one time sitting very quietly in my bedroom after my children were down for their nap and I would envision myself traveling to my mother's home, which was 75 miles away. And she was having some heart issues. 
So I would put my hands on her chest and her back. And I could only hold that vision maybe a minute, if that. And then I would be back in my bedroom. Now, this was before cell phones, and this was before we called every day or talked on the phone often. So once or twice a month, my mother and I would talk. And so we finally had our our two-week visit on the phone. And I asked her how her heart was doing, and she says, well, actually, it's stabilized. I'm feeling a lot better. And she says, but the strangest thing, I feel so incredibly close to you. And I said, really? And I says, well, when do you get this feeling? And she says, it's usually right around noon when I'm, I'm watching my program. And so that was a confirmation that somehow I was able to energize or be present with my mother in a way that she felt, even though I was physically 75 miles away. So those are the kind of things that intrigued me to discover and study and try to understand what was happening. And in the natural course of all of that, um, I began to do a lot of healing work, energy work, massage, reflexology. And, uh, and so I did that for several decades. And then um, spontaneously in 2000 or in 1994-95, I spontaneously began to do these very strange sounds. Um, it was just like I was doing, working on a massage client, and I took a breath, and Lavendar, these incredible, big, booming, otherworldly sounds came out. And I had no idea what had just happened. But the strange thing about it was my client experienced some phenomenal results with a chronic, uh, some chronic pain. And that was the beginning of me channeling sacred sounds. And so I did that for 10 years. And that was my purpose. That was my service. And I did sound classes. I, I had sound clients. Um, I presented at all kinds of world events. Um, doing sacred sounds. And then in 2005, the energy or the presence, uh, my team, came through and wanted me to take their energy and translate it or transduce it into words. And that became the morning messages. And that's how the morning message website was created. And um, shortly after that, um, the team had arranged for me to be a presenter on the Ocean of Gratitude cruise with Dr. Emoto. And I was invited to offer a service on this cruise. And so I says, well, I do sound therapy. And the lady says, well, we have someone doing sound therapy. I said, well, I, I can offer reflexology. And she says, well, we have a reflexologist. And I heard the team say to me, tell her you can do transmissions, channel transmissions. Well, you know how that is when you hear yourself saying something. So I said, I could do a channel transmission. And the lady says, excellent. Well, I had never done one. So I flew to Florida and was on a cruise ship with about 300 people in our group. 
offering channel transmissions and again i had never i had never done a trans a channel transmission and that was the beginning of me offering channel sessions and the rest is just kind of history i just have this loving partnership and trust with these beautiful beings and um they invite me to do things for them or through them or with them and then i invite them to also do things in support of of the work we're doing. So let me ask you, Peggy. Um, I, I was closing my eyes and just traveling with you in, in your story, but I wanted to ask you what happened to you on August twentieth of nineteen eighty seven. If you happen to remember the the August harmonic convergence that we had, do the you very remember big, anything about I, that in your life I, at that time? I was I was actually guided, as it were, to get, collect a group of people, and we went down to a local beach here in the, on the West Coast near Santa Cruz, and I set up a portable pyramid, and we brought our crystals, and we did rituals and ceremony the whole night. So what I was picking up was that something was threaded through you and, the, and, and, and other people that were with you that would probably rise up and be activated in 1991 and then again in 1994, 1999, and then 2012. Ah, well, thank you. Those are the times that I can tell that, that the tapestry was activated from 87. Well, it felt, I remember the newspaper asked me, because I worked downtown at a uh, full-service salon where I did body work and facials and reflexology, and they inquired about this harmonics convergence. And I remember being interviewed like I knew what was happening. And I remember um, commenting that it was an incredible opportunity for a shift and that we were here to anchor that energy for uh, a, a trans- transformation of our reality. Yes. I think it was happening all over the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Big global event. It had to do with the the crystal grid. It had to do with the activation of the bloodlines on the planet. It was it was a very big time for us. A lot of people experienced it uh, in high tones. Other people just went about their daily tasks and they never knew that they were activated. Oh, I was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't recognize at the time I was activated, but I knew I was a very very significant part of that. And uh, I also uh, was uh, on a cruise with Patricia Cotarobos in 1994, um, anchoring the energy of um, um, the violet flame in that whole portal of the Caribbean. So at various times, you know, I've been in a situation, there was a whole movement that happened, um, the opening of the gate of the 1111. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. And and I remember uh, the church that I was attending at the time was going to have a ceremony, and I volunteered to be a part of that ceremony. And I think we, we practiced for almost six weeks before that actual event. And so... I've been guided or led to do various, um, participate in various ways to anchor some of these shifts 
or be a part of the of the multitude of people that are anchoring this energy. Well, I think you and I probably grew up during the same period of time. I was I was I was born in the early 40s, and I I can tell that you've had uh, many many years of experiences with channeling and spiritual and galactic work. So I I just commend you for. <coughs> planet and doing what you've been doing all this time because I know that you probably had many opportunities to leave and yet you stayed yes and also the thing that in the beginning when I was and I know you too because I was born in 42 um, my particular viewpoint of life and all of that was really unusual at the time now it's more accepted but I remember uh, being a very unusual child. I remember not fitting in very well. Um, I changed schools because my parents um, worked in produce. And so my stepfather um, managed many of the uh, fruit packing um, establishments. And so I changed schools every six to seven to eight weeks. Goodness. <laughs> so I was, I was, wow. um, we were transient. We were like the last cycle of the grapes of wrath. And so I was, I went to school in Hereford and Phoenix and Yuma, El Central, Bakersfield, Los Banos. And then we would start the cycle again because we followed the sun. Well, and knowing the, what I know about electromagnetics in a body. I bet you were activating people everywhere you went and didn't well, even I, know that you were doing it. I look back now and realize that that particular uh, experience as a child, of course, had its own trauma as a as a human. But I realize as as I, I, I know who I am now, it afforded me to connect with so many people and situations that I never would have had that opportunity to to have been in touch with. So what town were you born in, in in the panhandle of Texas? What town? It was a little town called Groom, just outside of Amarillo. Yes, I know Groom. And so I, my parents moved to Amarillo when I was still a child. In fact, they just moved our little house. You know, they just moved the house and everything. Um, and then I think I was about six when my parents divorced, and my mother and I came to California. Wow. But the but the interesting thing is when I started making the sounds, my mother was no longer up in, involved in the Pentecostal religion, but to her it felt like it was almost like speaking in tongues. That was how she referenced it. You know, the the music of the spheres is, is of course, based, based on sounds, so there's no telling what kind of musical... Um, tones that were coming from you during that period of time. Exactly. It was part of the music of the spheres, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's just been a wonderful, especially since I've been, you know, the last three decades, I've been more conscious of what is occurring and what my part is. Um, and, of course, that makes a whole shift of difference, doesn't it? Um, did, so, you, did you ever write music? No, I was not. I'm not musical. 
I don't play any instrument. I don't use crystal bowls. Um, I have never been a singer. I didn't even chant. Um, like I said, it was it was a spontaneous that what happened, and this is good for all your listeners. Um, I had ended a marriage, and it was a very painful. I had I had ended it. It was for my own well-being, uh, but I just dearly loved this individual, and it was a very challenging time for me. And I was so filled with grief about about the ending, and I was also just angry uh, at this individual. Um, he happened to be an alcoholic. And I was just angry that he chose alcohol over what we had as as partners. And I was Lavender. I was so filled with these emotions that I just I I began to take my grief to my altar, and I simply would say to the divine, "Here's my grief. I give it to you for transformation." And I would grieve. I would cry, I would keen, I would sob until I was exhausted. And then there was times I would go to my altar and I'd say, here's my rage. I give it to you for transformation. And I would scream and pound the floor and emote all that anger and rage. And I did that for months. I mean, I didn't do it every day, but as an emotion arose, I took it to my altar rather than suppressing it. And I really after, like that. That sounds really healthy. Well, it was, because what I was ending up doing, I remember my mother saying, um, you're grieving more for this situation than I've ever known you to grieve. And I said, you know, Mother, I think this is all my grief I've never experienced. This is all the rage I never felt was appropriate to express. So what I was doing in a very... Um, systematic way, so to speak, was clearing my emotional files. And I once also I think you might have been clearing your bloodline, very and possibly. all the ancestral bloodline that you were carrying. Absolutely, but it was a very dedicated uh, process for me. And after about nine or ten months, that's when the sounds spontaneously came. You probably had to get rid of all of that before the sounds would come. Well, that's the truth for all of us, because from my work with the team, um, they're always inviting us to be the alchemist, to transform the emotions, because we have a tendency to store our emotions and suppress our emotions into the tissues, the organs, the cells, and the bones of our body. Because... Our society does not teach us how to uh, how to transform emotions, and so they get suppressed, and then the body ends up um, with different kinds of illnesses because the body's supposed to be our energy body's supposed to be flowing, and if we're blocking it with uh, misqualified energy, we're going to have physical uh, ramifications. Misqualified energy. I love that. Misqualified energy. I like that. that that's what the that's what the team calls negative energy. Yeah. And so every session that they have with into private individuals, they will teach a process. I'll be glad to share it with you and the readers or your listeners. Um, 
the first thing they always, the team invites everyone to remember is you simply say, each morning when you open your eyes, I am fully embodied. I'm anchored to this planet. I'm always connected to divine source. Because what you're doing by that simple act is you're inviting an aspect of your divine consciousness to be in partnership with your physical consciousness. And then energetically, you're anchoring that energy to the electromagnetic and geomagnetic field of your this planet Earth. And in that partnership, you are your divine self in physical form. And so your physical body and consciousness is important, but in partnership with your divine consciousness, everything begins to shift because you begin to look at it in a different perspective. And so that's the foundation, or that's your, uh, your, your source of power. And then the team will ask the, uh, the client, what emotion is the most distressing to you? And so somebody will say fear. And so the team will say, we want you to look and, and, and just imagine that fear is a vibration or frequency that you've labeled fear. It's an emotion you've labeled fear. And look and see what percentage of that fear is personally yours. What percentage is personally yours? And what happens is, say 25% is personally yours. It doesn't matter what generated the fear, what finances or relationships or health issues or world events. It doesn't matter what triggered the fear or any emotion. What percentage might be yours? Because what happens is, for all of us, we're empathic. And so the minute we feel a vibration, an emotion, we automatically connect to the broadcast of that emotion. So, Do you also think that, that judgment steps in about that time also? And judgment can be misqualified energy. Right. It, yeah, absolutely. And so the thing is, is if you're, if you're feeling fear and all of a sudden you tap into the broadcast of collective fear, that's enormous. And so the fear becomes obsessive. It's paralyzing. Um, It becomes so real you can't function. And at this point, the team at this time says, call upon divine beings of love and light, named or unnamed, to assist you in transforming this fear vibration. And then they invite the client to sound their fear. Give it expression, not words, but just pure sound, with the intention of transforming it. And so you express your sound or your fear through a sound. And then once you've cleared that in whatever way feels appropriate, you you then say, I would like to replace my fear with peace of mind, or safety, or trust, and call those qualities in with sound. I like and that. I and like in, that doing, in doing that, what each person is doing is you're working on your own issues, 
and your own emotional storage, but you're also transforming some aspect of the collective fear. And so the team calls that um, uh, being a conscious alchemist. We're, you know, we're I ma- have um, several um, sayings that I that I, I use every day, and one of them is, if you if you know what your name is on, that's great. But if you don't know what your name is on, let that cup pass your lips. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the team is so. I love I love the simplicity and clarity, because they say everyone on our planet is a multidimensional divine being. However, most people are unaware of that. Because as divine beings, we drop into this dimension, this field on this planet, this 3D dimension of unconscious limitation. And as empathic beings, we match that unconsciousness. And that's like the veil of forgetfulness. And once we drop into this field of forgetfulness and this 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 limited belief programs and systems, we often forget who we are. But your program and work that's being done by individuals like yourself and myself are reminding people to step out of that unconscious field and own an ownership in your divineness, ownership in yourself as a star seed, ownership in that you're here to transform the misqualified energy on this planet. Well, I just love the way you speak and the way that you're you're conducting your life. I feel like that you have uh, activated so many people throughout your life, and you're going to continue to do so. What are some of the things that you're planning on doing in the future? Are you taking any people on any... Any cruises or any <coughs> sacred site tours? Or do, are you doing anything like that? Um, I'm not at this point, no. What I've just done is I've just uh, finished my third book, and I have the fourth book will be, I hope to have both these books ready for publication by the end of August. Oh, good. And what, what, what's, what's the books about? Well, they're the morning message transmissions. Oh, In other okay. words, every month, uh, I do a trans a new transmission from the team, and it's generally about fifteen hundred words, and those go out in a newsletter to my readership, and I've been doing it for since two thousand six. Well, the team said the messages are still valuable, but nobody keeps them because they're just in a throwaway newsletter. I keep them, and so. I took all those years of newsletters once a month, and that's what these two books are. are there's 44 transmissions in each book. Wow. And, and so that's what, what they're about. Oh, great. And then, see, I do, two, I do a couple readings every day, uh, private sessions. I do a program like, like this one, Starseed, which I love. And then I do two um, Internet broadcasts a month myself. And um, I work in my garden and take care of my uh, my family and so forth. You know, so I haven't... I've stopped doing a lot of traveling. I used to travel a lot. Um, 
and I've just sort of been retreated over the last few years. You know, as we get older, we don't want to travel as much as we used to when we were younger. I know. The density kind of leaves us after a while. (laughs) Well, you know, I used to travel four and five, six times a year different places, and I loved it. You know, I just really enjoyed all of that. But most of the time I do a a couple of events a year. Um, I attend them. Um, But but that's where it is right now. Yeah. So um, I'm seeing what time it is, and I would like to... um, uh, pass you over to my co-host Ariel, who has the switchboard, and maybe we have some people that would like to call in and, and talk with you at this time. Would you be willing to talk to some of our star seeds? Absolutely. And also, at some point, I wanted to read this wisdom and guideline for the multidimensional human. If there is time for that, read. Why don't you read it now? For oh, sure. Let's read it. Yeah, now. do it now. Yeah. Um, so, um, this was a a poster, as it were, um, that I. Uh, that the team gave me way in the very beginning. And so it says, Wisdom and Guideline for Multidimensional Humans. Know that it is your birthright to awaken. With a gentle heart, love yourself free of all imagined limitations. Remember the important key is in the asking and the willingness. State your intentions and surrender. You are a vibrational being. Practice raising your vibrations with each breath. Always ask yourself if this word, action, or emotion is life-diminishing or life-enhancing. You are here to transmute and transform energy through the alchemical chalice of your heart. Practice simple, dedicated actions infused with your joy, gratitude, and appreciation. By placing your awareness in your heart, you naturally dwell in the synchronicities of now. Each time you shift an emotional response from anger or judgment to love, joy, or gratitude, you are doing global service work on a personal level. Your sacred heart space is the gateway to all awareness, well-being, and the oneness with all. It is your link to the cosmic grid and your way home. Honor your total magnificent multidimensional self. That's beautiful. I love Thank that. You. Yeah. I will, I will send you some posters. Oh, please do. I would love to have that. That, is just, that touched me so deeply. It's so simple, but yet if we just practice some of these simple suggestions, we begin to make a shift. Can, can, you, they, can you email me what you just read? Can you just email me that? I would like to. I'd like to print that out and take it and read it to our Starseed Quest in August when we go there to Arkansas. I'd be glad to do that. And also, like I said, um, you can. I'll talk to others. I'll find a way to give you a physical a poster. Okay, great. We. I'd love to. I could. If we have the poster, we could put it up at the Quest and let everybody see it. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. 
Great. So thank you so much for being our guest tonight, and uh, let's stay connected. And oh, anytime I would love you want to, to come on our show and announce anything at all, even if it's for five or ten minutes, know that you always have have an audience ready to hear you. Oh, thank you so much. It's just been a blessing. I would love to do this more often. I I really feel a deep connection here. Um, the team has so much information they would like to impart, and because you have such a large audience, they're they're eager to offer some more of their techniques and uh, and processes that would really serve, it does serve um, our own awakening. That's great. Okay, well, keep in touch with me, honey, okay? All right. Okay, back to you, Ariel. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> it's just such a joy to listen to you because everything is just so right on. It's in a, so much alignment with what we also think and believe and have found um, at this time, we already have a caller with a question, but before we uh, pick up for you, Marilyn, um, I just want to let everyone know if you're already on the switchboard and you have a question for Peggy, you'll need to press 1 on your keypad so we know you want to come on the air. And if you're listening on the computer, then you'll need to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1 and we will get that process started. But right now we have Marilyn, who's been waiting to um, ask you a question. So let me get your mic open, sweetie. Okay, Marilyn, you're on the air with Peggy Black. Go ahead with your question. Thank you. Hi, Peggy. How are you doing? Hi, Marilyn. My question is about um, being a multidimensional being and um, moving through this physical experience and connection with our divine um, self, when those old programs, emotional programs come up, and um, from what you were saying, I guess, you know, we want to kind of align that misaligned energy, what is sort of the shift um, that we, like, should we feel those feelings and then sort of observe them as our divine self and to, to align the misqualified energy, what would be the process there? Well, the, the process is the best one is the one I just gave Lavendar about focusing on the emotion, giving it a sound, and then replacing it with a higher frequency and naming the emotion because we're a physical body and we're our physical body allows us to um, interpret, translate, experience frequencies and vibrations and that's all emotions are and the unfortunate thing is that as we as i said earlier most people suppress their emotions we don't know how to express them in an appropriate way or we're embarrassed to express them or we've been shut down as a child and so as an adult when these emotions rise up our pattern is to in some way repress or suppress them so when you can begin to recognize oh i'm feeling some um anxiety i'm feeling some stress recognize that you've connected to the collective of that field and immediately clear it the automobile Mm -hmm. is an excellent way to to sound your emotions because you don't have to worry about somebody overhearing you making strange sounds (laughs) and 
And so as you begin to clear your emotions using this particular method, you'll be less triggered by other people. In other words, if you've got some fear, if anyone has, say, fear suppressed in their body from some experience, and you're feeling really good about yourself and you're walking down the street, remember, you're empathic. And as you pass someone on the street and maybe they're feeling some fear about something in their life, the minute you two pass each other energetically, the fear vibration that they're offering you in their energy signature will trigger your suppressed fear. Uh And all of a sudden, out of a clear blue sky, you'll think of something that you're fearful about or you're worried about. Mm -hmm. And we people trigger each other's emotions. So the team is always reminding us emotions are contagious. Mm. And so there's no judgment about it. It's just if your emotion gets triggered, clear mm-hmm. it using the process of sound. Okay. That's well, that's a key. And then you begin to be you clear your emotional storage so you're more available for guidance. You're not so reactive to other things that are occurring. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then another thing that the team says that even without being triggered by an emotion, you can simply set up the process. I'm fully embodied. I'm anchored to this planet. I'm always connected to divine source. And then simply say, I call upon divine beings to witness and support me as I transform some of this distress that has been generated by this tragic event. And so you as a conscious, multidimensional being can channel that distress through sound. You can, however distress might sound to you, express Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. then you're doing global work without Mm -hmm. feeling the emotion through your body. Mm -hmm. So we can all we can all do that. You see, we can all uh, be more active in transforming some of this collective uh, frequencies and vibrations of these negative emotions. Great. And is it a process that when they reappear, if we pick them up again, then perhaps just do the it, next time, just do, just do it again. Do it again. Okay. I will share this with you. Um, Years ago, I watched my mother, or my father, um, be abusive to my mother. I was, I was a young girl. I was five or six. And my mother said, run and hide. So I did. I hid. And in the course of the events, I watched my father be taken away by the police. So as a little girl, that's a traumatic experience. Not only my father hurting my mother, but then being taken away. And so my mother and I, that's when we, we left that relationship. She left that relationship. But as an adult woman living where I live right now, or, but, but before that, as an adult, as I began to be aware of things, I realized this was a traumatic experience. And so I processed it. I used tools that were available at the time, and I thought I had cleared that for myself. 
And then I moved to the mountains here, and I've lived here in this home 40 years. But the first decade, believe it or not, I had five arrests in my driveway. Five address, address, policemen arresting men in my driveway. Two of them were tenants in my rental. One couple of them were just strangers that pulled into my driveway trying to get away from the police, and one was somebody I knew. But the fact was, every time that occurred, I had an opportunity to clear that pattern at a deeper level. So in other words, I cleared it, and then it came up again. I cleared it again until now. Trust me, I've had no more arrests in my driveway, I'm pleased to say. But So in other words, one time you do to clear your, your anger or fear, every time it comes up, clear it. Think of yourself as an alchemist. Okay. I love that. Thank you so much. It's, it's very powerful um, yeah. because we're meant, we're meant to be here transforming energy. We're meant right. to be anchoring light and... Um, and the best way it can be transformed is through a conscious heart, through somebody's awake and aware that realizes this is just misqualified energy. It isn't who I am. Right. I have the right. privilege to be the alchemist to transform this energy. Well, that's that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Peggy. That's um... oh, thank you for the question. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's um. There's so much that we can do as conscious beings. Um, I do a lot of news homework, and I read the papers every day. And when I'm finished reading the headlines, I don't read all the articles. I just read mainly the headlines. But I always close my eyes, put my hands on these papers, and I simply say, I call upon uh, celestial beings, galactic beings, beings of love and light to minister to every situation that this paper represents, to bring life-sustaining realities to upgrade the consciousness of humanity. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So there's so many things that we can do as awakened beings. Well, thank you. I'm going to start a new practice of sitting in my car when I'm <laughs> when I pick up some of those energies. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Well, thank you for the question, Marilyn. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Blessings. So um, we have um, another caller waiting to speak with you. And this is is Matthew. Hello, Matthew. You're on the air with Peggy Black. Go ahead with your question. Hey, Peggy. so I'm just wanting to know, um, I'm a newly activated starseed, and I'm getting a lot of information like being channeled into me or just being like uh, when I'm researching, I'm getting a lot of information that I'm not really sure where to start in my practice or how to like cohesively bring everything together. Um, well, thank you for your question and uh, blessings in this work. And the one thing that is is so valuable to remember that you can do is simply say i'm i'm grateful make an intention i'm grateful that this information i'm receiving i'm able to understand and translate 
So begin to set some framework around it. Uh, I'm grateful that I remember the information I'm channeling. I'm grateful that I'm able to implement what's offered. In other words, you can set some guidelines in regards to the information that you're getting. Before I started working with my team, I literally uh, wrote a mission statement. A mission statement, a physical mission statement. Um, And I have it here. And it just started out, um, mission statement of celestial contact and partnership. In co-partnership, fellowship, connection, we work together. We serve divine love and divine light in the awakening, uplifting, and the empowerment of others. We create and allow the delicious synchronicities to weave the manifestation of our goals and intentions with harmony, balance, ease, grace, joy, and delight. We work together to create the balance, smooth, integrated unfoldment and the clear and authentic synergy of my of this my divine work and divine purpose. And I, I put in here, it is my intention to serve as the speaker, a receiver of transmissions of information, images, and visions. It is my intention to be a spokesperson, writer, and teacher in this physical reality and time frame for this partnership and fellowship. It is my intention to be a fair witness. It is my intention to be a clear and pure channel of divine light and divine love. In this partnership, I will have full support in all areas that I need. It will be arranged and synchronized for my financial income to increase. I will experience total financial abundance and security. I'm grateful that I am always under the law of divine protection, divine guidance in all dimensions, time frames, and realities. So be it, and so it is. So you can, Matthew, you can begin to frame this in a way that's comfortable for you so that your information that you're getting, you can use. Is this making sense to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and so they're excited to work with us. All the beautiful beings of love and light love to work with us in this physical realm. And like the team, when it offers a transmission to others, I always tell anyone that's receiving their transmission that if the transmission becomes too loud, if the energy feels too strong, that they can simply say, I need you to moderate this energy for me, recalibrate it for me, or even stop it altogether. So you really have control here. So it's wonderful that you're beginning to get messages and connect up to star beings. But remember, you want this to be a partnership. I think it just feels so overwhelming because it's so new to me. Yes, and so simply say, I I need you to give me the information in smaller packets. 
I need you to give me this information uh, a little slower so I can assimilate it. Okay, I can do so that. that you're, so that you're not overwhelmed, so that you're not um, burnt out, so that you're not, um, you know, in some state of mind that's not comfortable. Okay. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, it does. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And a lot of times I'll be awake in the middle of the night for a while and I'll say to my team, if you're sending me information right now, I really need to rest. Can we do this another time? That actually happened to me last night, so I can I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, because you see, these these are these are really beautiful big conscious beings and they're doing their best to match our energy here. And so we have to be able to communicate and let them know that's too big, that's too loud, uh, and let them make adjustments so that we're comfortable, so that we can do the work with them. But if we're always overwhelmed because they're just giving us such big information we can't translate, then it's not serving anyone. And this is good for anyone that that is beginning to receive information. I I always uh, invite people to write it down. Um, I started writing it longhand, but then I eventually went to the computer, and I just took down notes, and I just transduced their energy into words. And uh, that was a way that they found they could work with me easy. So you said you began transferring it into words. Is it just like a feeling for you initially? It, it Yes. I, it's it's almost undescribable, but I just sit down and absolutely trust it. And I wrote contact, and I heard, we are here. And, you know, I would say, I'm available. Do you have anything you want me to write down? And then I would just start typing whatever came to my mind. Okay. Uh, I haven't done that yet, so I'm going to have to try that. It's a, it's a way to outlet. It's a way to um, give what's occurring a form. Because you can't. I couldn't hold their messages. I couldn't hold it all in my head. You know, that's how I've been able to be the the transducer for this team. Because I just sit down at the computer and just start typing, without any judgment. You know, and Every once in a while in the beginning, I would type something and I would hear in my head again. So then I would translate it a little, little differently and then I would hear again. And then maybe the third time they wouldn't say that and I would read back and I could see the clarity of the message by the third time of what they were wanting to convey Okay, so it sounds like I need to also probably do, be doing that instead of just being overwhelmed with the feelings. Yeah, and you can simply say, I want to be in partnership with you, but right now it feels overwhelming. Can we adjust this so I'm more comfortable? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, thank you for your time. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for your That's question and, and blessings to you. If there's any way I can serve you, uh, let me know. Okay, thank you. Yes. Okay, thanks for calling, Matthew. Bye-bye.
Yeah, that's that's such a, a good point, Peggy, um, because it is a partnership, and um, that gives us the sense like, hold it, slow down, you're going too fast, this is too much. But then <clears throat> once you get, don't you actually get into a rhythm then where yes. they they yeah. they learn how it's easier for you. So exactly. Yeah. So once you get that that rapport, then it'll get easier and easier. Of course. But you know, the first time we're all so eager, we want to connect with these beautiful non-physical beings, and there's so many of these loving beings that really want to connect with us and are looking for, so to speak, an open door, and. And so the eagerness between the non-physical beings and our own eagerness sometimes can get in the way. And it's like a relationship. You, can, you just need to say, this needs to be slowed down, or I just need, I need you to, um, uh, to offer your information in a form I can, I can translate. And right. it, it's really that simple. They begin to really moderate their energy. Because it's like if we have a favorite piece of music, say, that really calms us, it's just such beautiful music. But if the volume is turned up too loud, it's not it's not the same. It's uncomfortable. Right. And so um, when we stop and think of these beings being such intense energy, they have to moderate their energy considerably to be available to us. And sometimes that just needs adjustment. Right, right. As you you learn how to, um, like I said, develop that rapport where they'll develop a, a, a language and a system that evolves that will actually be easier for that particular person where another person might require a different tact. So Exactly. We're yeah. all so unique. And that's mm-hmm. what what's so important for us to recognize. The way in which I transduce or work with my team is my own unique patterns. And each and every person will will get messages either kinesthetically through their body feeling. Uh, they'll hear words. They'll see visions. Um, there's just so many combinations of the way this partnership can develop. And and the best way is to not have any expectation of how it will develop. You know, my um, a, a lot of clients want to know about how to connect with their team. And the first thing I the team will my team will tell them, begin to work with your team 24/7. Pretend if you have to. Imagine that you have a team. And simply say, send me your messages as many ways as you need to and and in many ways as you need to until you know I have received it. So you've opened the door. So then they can begin to give you you messages or hints uh, or synchronicities. And when you notice one, when you ask a question and all of a sudden you receive an answer, acknowledge it so they know they up. It works this way for her. And do you always, um, do you or have you always qualified who it is that you're opening the door for? You know, only the divine beings of light. 
exactly. I always just said, well, you saw my mission, mission I heard my mission statement that um, I invite those um, those of divine love and light, so that that you're really aware that you're you're interfacing with the highest integrity. Right, right. Yeah, some people just get so excited because they get a message they don't bother to think about who it's from. So exactly. Yeah, you have to, yeah. you have to so um, qualify. It, it, can be, it can be one of those those um, calls we get on the phone remember, that are trying to sell us something, and, you know, we hang up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you call? I forgot what you call those phone calls. The uh, Telemarketing? Yeah, telemarketing. So yeah. cosmic telemarketing, you know, we have to be careful of the telemarketers, the cosmic telemarketers. Well, yeah, because the star seeds start to awaken and and their light starts to expand, um, that's that's very attractive to a lot of different um, factions. Exactly. So you, have to call, you always have to call the shots on what you yes. will accept. Exactly. And what you will what you will hang up on. Exactly. So we have, and we I, have I, I more, just. Oh, go ahead. We have two we more. We have people. two more callers. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, let's just um, go. We'll go in order here. Next, you'll be talking to Lisa. So let me get your mic open, sweetie. Okay, Lisa, go ahead with your question for Peggy. Hi. Um, I was curious. I am currently um, looking into. Um, becoming a pet communicator um, and pet healer. Um, I was curious as to how I would even begin to um, get into that field or begin to learn of that. Of that. Well, thank, thank you for the question, Lisa. And the most important thing uh, to, to know is the willingness and desire so there's something attracting you to this. So there's a gift that's there for you. And what you have to realize is animals uh, language in pictures. And so begin to communicate with your cat or the dog by by offering them a picture. I'll explain okay. that a little clearer. Um, I had I had two two little kittens when I um maybe 15 years ago they were brothers and one of the little kittens was gone and he was he wasn't that that old but I mean um I live in the redwoods and he was missing that night and so the next day I said to his brother where where's Akita and where's Akita show me and I kept picturing the little cat and all of a sudden, this cat, Acheron, started walking, and I started following him. And we walked down the driveway and into the backwoods behind my house. And as I got into the woods, I could hear, meow, meow, meow. And I, I followed the sound, and way, way up in one of the redwood trees was this little cat, and he didn't know how to get down. He's way up there, and every time he looked down, it was kind of scary. How do you get down from that tree? And so I began to throw him a picture or send him a picture of coming down backwards, you know, swinging his his back legs around and gently coming down 
backwards, you know, back, you know, right. his back legs first. And I send him that picture or, or envision that to him for a little while. And then all of a sudden, he kind of wobbled on the little branch he was on, and then he reached his little hind leg over to the trunk of the tree, and little by little, he let himself down the tree. So you have a desire to do this with animals. And so that's the first thing is is your desire. And just simply say to the animal, um, see the animal being willing to interface with you. And you might invite a non-physical being of love and light to also support you in this animal communication. In other words, you can have a, a, a non-physical uh, being that wants to support the animal kingdom and wants to support you in working with the animal kingdom. And that that being uh, would be sort of the translator between the two of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um so I have a really hard time envisioning, and I have a hard time with, um, yeah, with visions. Uh, is it like just to kind of pretend, or just to absolutely um, pretend? Like, absolutely okay. pretend. Just, just okay. imagine um, uh, as best you can. Um, okay. Yeah, mock it up as best you can. Um, Okay. And and if not, you can from your heart, you can always send um, a loving a loving feeling. There's lots of ways that okay. you can communicate with animals. Um, okay. I just know that throwing them a picture is a good way. Okay. But you can but now, you can also time, just yeah go ahead. I'm sorry. A lot of times, like I can almost envision something better with my eyes open than I can with my eyes closed. Is that it, there's effective? no rule there's no rules. See the, okay. the, the okay. conditions that, that most people put around these kind of talents and gifts, there's no rules. What okay. works for you? If 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 having your eyes open really allows you to do this work, keep your eyes open. Okay. And 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 you know, um and and say to your higher self, to your own team, I'm ready to do this work. Uh allow me to develop it in the easiest and most grace filled way. Say to the okay. universe, I'm really wanting to work with animals. I'm really wanting to translate communication between humans and animals. Show me the quickest and easiest way I can do this. Okay. And then it start it starts being revealed to you in a way that's authentic for you. Okay. Thank you very much. I really Oh, you're so that. welcome. That's that's, ex- that's exciting. It is. <laughs> I I it will me say a long one, time to get to this point, but one of the things I would offer you is to place your trust in your ability. Okay. So in the beginning, it might be a little wobbly, but just trust yourself and know it's going to develop. Okay. 
Right. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Lisa. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Lisa. Bye-bye. Well, we have um, one more caller, and this will be the last uh, question for the evening. So you are going to be talking to our friend Lynn. Hey, Lynn, I recognize your phone number. Thanks for calling. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Oh, no, I'm delighted. Uh, Peggy, I I was just wondering if you could share with the audience um, some of your uh, contact information and or when your shows are. Um, Thank you for asking that, uh, Lynn. I appreciate that. Um, Well, first of all, the Morning Message website, morningmessage.com, has all of that information. Perfect. If any if anyone's interested, it's free. You can sign up, and uh, you'll begin to get the free 88 messages. They come about every third day. It's a trans a little transmission, and what happens is once a month, I send out a newsletter that announces what I'm doing, what's happening, any programs I might be offering, and it also gives the um, all the information about my two my two broadcasts that I do um and how to connect uh with with that with that program so that would be probably Perfect. the easiest is just um if you're interested you can sign up to the morningmessages.com and uh, and then you'll just be updated and and I try not to inundate you with too many emails so every third day you'll get a new message from the team and then once a month I do a, a a large newsletter. And in that newsletter, there's always a new transmission. But there's websites and webinars, and all that information is, is available on that. That's my contact right there. And then you can call me if you're wanting a personal reading. Um, so my number is 831-335. 3145 or peggyblack.com um or or peggy ao at aol peggyblack at aol um is also uh, my email number well this is it's perfect i was um I, it sounds like morning messages is the easiest thing to do and that's perfect Absolutely. And also, just to add, PeggyBlack.com is a new website that I uh, recreated this year. And it has a lot of information about how to use sound. And and there's a whole section uh, on the website about sound, and sound is a healing tool. And so anyone that's interested in uh, learning a little bit more about that and the power of that, uh, there's information on PeggyBlack.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Okay. <clears throat> Was that it, Lynn? That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, great. <clears throat> it's always good to hear from you, and thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night, gals. Thank you. Good night. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, Peggy, is 
the is your mission statement published on either of these websites? Um, I don't know for sure if it is. Um, yeah, I think it is. I think it might be on on um, morning messages. Because I think that'd be like a really good template for people to to come up with their own. Exactly. You know, if they want to change it a little yeah. bit, or or you know, add something, or take whatever. I think it would be a good template um, because it is important to state your intent. Yes. And you know, I mean, as as co-creators, um, as divine, multi-dimensional beings, if we never state our intent, then we're kind of like our energy's up for grabs. Oh, um, so, I, I yeah. fully agree. I do intentions every day. I have a group of women that's been meeting for 24 years once a month, and we do miracles. We announce and share miracles and the first hour, and the second hour is we witness each other's intentions for the coming month. And it's a powerful process for women. It's really it's kind of you're sculpting. Yeah, it's a powerful process for anybody, but yes. yes. Yeah. So, um, but intentions are important whether we're in the physical reality or we're working in dimension realities. Well, sure. It transcends everything. It Re- does, you know, yes. Dimensions, yeah, your intent. So keep focused on what you are intending and and if you notice something impeding, what would you do? If I made an intention and um, and I spoke it as clearly as I possibly could, um, I usually say um, this or something better. So I might not be able to always envision the best outcome for something. So I'll often say, um, I state these intentions, but I offer them um, that th- that these intentions are something better is manifest in my life. And if I notice, and you said if there was a block, was it a blockage or what did you call it? Something impeding it, that intention. Um, then I would say, show me or show me um, how I can best be served by what's being revealed here. Because sometimes we have an intention and we think it's for the good and, it, and you know, you, you, you state it. Although I've been doing intentions for so long that um, I'm very clear you make your intentions always in the now as if they had already happened. I'm grateful. Uh, I usually start mine as it's my intention and I'm grateful that um that you know um I get a call from so and so by the end of the week that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and when something comes up I just reevaluate okay I stated this intention and it didn't manifest the way I thought it would how could I clarify that intention so it did meet my expectations right you have to be really clear about what you want Exactly. Um, and and our language is so limited and we one tiny one of the things that's been so wonderful about this group is that we really support one another in getting clear with our intention. And uh, and so 
when you state an intention, if it doesn't sound strong, keep shifting it until you state it. You'll feel it in your body if it's a strong intention. Because a lot of people are hesitant about asking for what they want or they're not sure how to um, to ask or how to phrase it. And so we, we coach each other and, uh, you know, we'll coach each other on, on how best to, uh, um, you know, to state intentions that are clear. Well, this has just been a wonderful evening, and we're so happy that you were able to come back and share more of your wonderful wisdom with our audience. And I'm glad you got to talk to a few of our listeners. Oh, so excellent. Once, <laughs> um, once again, I, I want to mention your website, two of them, PeggyBlack.com and MorningMessages.com. And on the Morning Messages, you can find contact information uh, if you want to speak with uh, Peggy personally. And there's just a wealth of information that has been already published. So please do take advantage of all of the years of um, work teaching and and working with your team, as you say. Um, we are here. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. Oh, thank you so much. And I will be in touch with you and get an address to where to send the posters. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, Lavendar just she'll she'll get she'll send you that by email. Excellent. Well, okay. I just I'm thrilled and blessed to be able to have been on your program. It's such an honor. Thank you so very much, and thank Lavendar and all the other individuals behind the scenes. Well, there are a lot of people on our team, and we're grateful for each and every one of them. And uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again. You'll be a regular, I'm sure. I sure hope so. That's one okay. of my intentions. I made an intention well, last night at my group that I was able to be a part of the uh, Starseed uh, broadcast on a regular basis. It's a real thrill to be able to share this information with others that are awakening. We all It's so important to support one another. Oh, it is. It is so important. As you would want the support of those ahead of you, we also have to remember to support those who are still coming up. Yes, yes. Exciting times. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being with us this evening, Peggy. And uh, until we speak again, uh, you take care and keep up the good work and keep shining your light. Yes. Well, my blessings to you, dear one, and and to thank all that are listening. Thank you for this opportunity. Bye-bye. You're so welcome. Bye-bye. Well, uh, everybody, we will be back next week. And from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, we thank you for spending your time with us. And we hope to uh, continue empowering Starseeds to better serve the planet. Until next time, remember to find gratitude in every day. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.